Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. The views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. To Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. It is a Friday evening, a minute after 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time here on the East Coast, obviously. It is August the 24th, 2018. So this is uh, the last broadcast of the week. Just want to uh, just say thank you to all those who make these broadcasts possible, not just this particular broadcast, but all of the broadcasts that come to you by way of Black Talk Radio Network, uh, whether it's on this station, this digital station you're listening to that's on our network, or other digital radio stations that's on our networks. I just want to give a shout out to the independent radio station managers on our network I don't know if you know how important the work you are doing is to the global community, and I'm not even going to limit it to black people, but that is our target audience, but the work that you are engaged in is much needed, so I just want to thank you for being a part of our independent black media platform. That kind of leads me into what we will be talking about today. Uh, But before I give you today's topic, let me give out some information first. Um, If you at any time want to comment on our topic discussion 
or give us a comment or ask a question, you can do so by calling 704-802-5056. That's 704-802-5056. If you are not within the United States or don't have long distance uh, free on your phone, well, it's nothing's free. You're paying for it in your plan. But anyway, uh, you can also join us at uberconference.com slash Black Talk Radio Network, uh, where you can dial in from your computer and it won't cost you anything. We also have a, a chat room uh, there. Uh, just want to say hello to those who have uh, joined us on the Uber Conference already. Um, also, as you heard in the clip, or maybe you didn't because you tuned in a little late, but as you heard in the promo uh, preceding this program, please help us maintain our media independence, help us continue our broadcast, help us expand the work of the Black Talk Media Project, which is a nonprofit based here in North Carolina where I am. And you can do that not only by making donations, but by becoming a member of btrcommunity.com, which has a $24 a year subscription. That's just $2 a month. And, you know, some people might say, well, Facebook free, Twitter free, and all those other platforms is free. Uh, no, not really. It is costing you something. The personal data that you share with them, your viewing habits, what you write, what you post, what your interests are, all that's shared not only with uh, with corporate marketers, but it's also in some cases shared with different governments around the world as they target activists and what have you. They share with law enforcement and what have you. So none of that is going on at btrcommunity.com where you can use the platform in complete anonymity. You don't have to post a picture of yourself. You don't have to use your real name. Uh, you don't have to put your birth date. None of that stuff. None of that identifying personal information. You don't have to share any of that on that platform. Uh, so we feel like that alone justifies the $2 a month. Again, it's $24 a year subscription fee to become part of our community. And, you know, a community is when people come together or live in a geographic um, area and they share things in common. So certainly if you are tuned in to this broadcast, hopefully we hope you are, but I say it's the majority of the people that tune into our broadcast have something in common with those who are producing the media uh, that is being consumed on Black Talk Radio Network. Um, let me give some quick network news out. Um, I have been a little concerned that our podcast downloads have, have been down for a month or two. It had been trending in the wrong direction, but um, it's starting back to trend in the right direction with uh, over a thousand downloads uh, in the past couple of days. So it's trending. It's getting back to where we were in the past. Uh, we were as low as 400 uh, downloads at one time um, uh, during the past couple of months, 400 a day that is. So um, yeah, I just want to uh, express my pleasure and it may have, you know, not to, not to, um, 
I want to always be humble, but uh, perhaps it has something to do with me bringing back BTR news every day. Well, every day except for Wednesday when I do New Abolitionist Radio. If you are a podcaster out there, I don't care if you're on another network, uh, we can help you distribute your podcast. And we only charge $10 a month for podcast distribution with unlimited uploads. So check out the different media services that we offer. Just go to blacktalkradionetwork.com. We also have tutorial videos for those trying to learn the technology. The equipment is very inexpensive. Um, and I just made a new video today. Um, I made a video w- with one of my grandsons, but he wasn't following directions too well. So I got my other grandson to uh, shoot a video of him uh, hooking up the mixer to the computer just to show you how easy uh, that is. So now let me get to the main topic. And tonight we will have a discussion. I'm, I'm not doing anything about what's in the news or anything. Of course, there is stuff um, that I could share with you, but I want to keep the focus on these prison strikes and related issues. We're in day four of the national prison strikes right before I came on air. Um, I got word from a fellow abolitionist. Um, she posted on Facebook saying that Palestinian prisoners over there in Palestine being enslaved by Israelis have expressed solidarity with the victims of modern day slavery and human trafficking in the United States prisons. And, you know, that just goes back to what I said a couple of programs ago when people come at me and say, hey, why do you care about what's happening in Palestine? Why do you care about what's happening to these refugees coming from South South America? And I explain, I follow the path for the Black Panther Party and Malcolm X, and I uh, see us as part of a global movement for human rights. And, you know, in war, you need allies, all right? Uh, You need the right kind of allies. So I just want to announce that. Also, yesterday, even the prisoners, refugees, non-citizens who are in being detained in private prisons in the United States by ICE, the GEO Group, Core Civic, and a couple of other ones, they have joined in solidarity with the strikes again. So when I hear people say, hey, you know, don't nobody else care about what black people go through and, and they ain't saying nothing about it. Well, that's called that's cause you live in an insulated bubble and you ain't part of nothing to where you will see all of the different uh groups, different people who are who are engaged in this abolitionist movement and who are concerned about human rights all over the globe, okay? So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on that rant, but, you know, hey, the Spirit put it on me to say it, so I said it. All right, so getting back to the topic tonight, I just want to have a discussion about the black outlets and those that target black people because there's a difference now. When you say black outlet, I hope you're talking about black-owned, Okay, but then you have those other outlets that target black people. They hire black people and they put the faces of black people up so you can see them. And but they're not black owned. They just target black people. All right. So tonight we want to discuss black outlets and those that target black people with news and information that have censored 
news on their platforms concerning the nationwide prison strike organized by prisoners against slavery that is sanctioned by the states and the United States Constitution. Uh, Real quick there, I have been talking about those so-called free speech absolutists, right? Who think that people like white nationalists, neo-Nazis, your Alex Jones types that privately owned and held social media platforms should, should be forced to give them a platform, to give them a space on their platform and help them to disseminate their white supremacist ideology. Now, we've had some of these black people uh, argue on the behalf of our enemy's ability to uh, maintain their media operations to spread their wicked, racist ideology. But where are they on expressing any kind of solidarity for this prison strike? In fact, by you not reporting on it and you know about it, you are engaged in censorship. Yes, you are. Okay? So, and and you know, I, I'm sorry, but I might be in my emotions tonight. I'm going to try to keep my language in check. But it pisses me off, people. It pisses me off. It really, really does. Now, joining us tonight on day four of the national prison strikes will be my abolitionist comrade, Max Parthis, co-host, co-producer of New Abolitionist Radio, a program that has been broadcasting on Black Talk Radio Network since 2013. Max, of course, those who know him, know him as a modern abolitionist in the fight against the state-sanctioned state uh, modern slavery. And we'll be discussing this monumental betrayal. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, there comes a time when silence is a betrayal. Um, I also want to discuss the efforts by some, it seems. So if you are listening through uh, blacktalkradionetwork.com and if you see the image, the feature image I'm using for this post, I I, uh, took a screenshot. I just Googled the term abolitionism. And whatever Google highlighted, I screenshotted it right just to prove the point, like I expressed on, on some of the other social media platforms, when in the hell has abolition ever been tied to anything but abolishing slavery? Because now, and we talked about this on New Abolitionist Radio with Max, with one of the Black Lives Matter founders being given space in a major publication based in the UK talking about some abolition and and everything but abolishing slavery, which is codified in the 13th Amendment. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure that I'm giving out right information. I've never heard abolition tied to anything else but slavery. If you ask somebody, you know, uh, who's your favorite abolitionist? That they're gonna say Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, um, any of the other ones, John Brown. You know, they automatically gonna make that mental connection. All right, they're not gonna think abolishing war. They're not gonna be thinking about abolishing poverty. They ain't gonna be talking about no transsexual rights or any of that type of stuff because they ain't got nothing to do with abolition. Some of those issues have to do with human rights. Some of those issues have to do with 
things that are important, but why do you want to try to create this jambalaya, this this pot of jambalaya and throwing all these issues into the pot? And then you don't even talk about, you know, the slavery through the prisons. You'll mention abolishing prisons before you even talk about abolishing slavery. So y'all just excuse me if I'm in my emotions. You know, it's just time out. It's time out for the nonsense. It's time out for the garbage. It's time out, man. Because with friends like that, who the hell needs enemies, man? I don't need them. I don't need them. You don't need them. So we'll take a we'll be taking a look tonight at an article from Black Agenda Report, which seems to be among those hijacking the abolitionist narrative and attaching it to issues apart from slavery and throwing them all in the same pot. That's 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 some straight up confusion tactics, right there. When you want to spread confusion, when you want to take the focus off a very important issue, hey, just tie it to everything else, okay? We already know people's attention span is short. And so, yeah, let's just let's just uh, hit them off with all this other stuff instead of being focused on slavery. All right. So I have a video that I made that I published on YouTube, but I got Max on the line and I don't want to keep Max waiting. But if Max doesn't mind, I want to play this video. I, I published it to our YouTube channel. I published it to um, btrcommunity.com. Um, I also published it to Facebook, but it's like, I don't have to play the whole thing, but it's like 23 minutes long. For those that haven't seen it, I want you to hear it, but I want to give Max an opportunity first before I play this video to welcome him in and let him give his opening thoughts tonight. Cause you know, tonight I'm not interested in talking about anything else except for what we, unless it's related to what I just laid out for you. So let me unmute Max. Uh, welcome to BTR News. My abolitionist comrade, Max Parthas. Thank you very, very much, brother. Scotty Reed. There's a little bit of echo going on there. Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's you, Max. We don't we okay. don't hear it. All right, let's see. There you go. It sounds better now. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, Scotty, you know, all the time I watch for this type of uh, circumstance where they jack the narrative or misapply it or uh, misdirect it into other areas. And uh, the reason for that is because my biggest fear, and I see now it's becoming one of your biggest fears, is that we will see, again, another okie doke like the 13th Amendment. <laughs> so I'm always watching for how they're going to take this and twist it to recreate it again. Because, you know, that's what they do. They recreate it over and over again. So that's a fear of mine. How are you going to, wh what is the next 13th Amendment? What is the next uh, exception clause, the next trick that they apply in order to keep things as normal? So that keeps me concerned. And I pay close attention to words, Scotty, because, you know, I'm also a poet and have been most of my life, a highly acclaimed poet. So I certainly pay attention to the words that they use, which is why I pointed out to you yesterday about the apostrophes and the quotes. Every time they say the word slavery, modern slavery, prison slavery, it's got to be an apostrophes as if it don't really exist. Anytime they get on air, even the mainstream media like NPR and talk about the issue, they say, what they call modern day slavery as if to say well I'm the host and I don't call it modern day slavery they call it modern day slavery 
and no mention of what the 13th Amendment calls it, the U.S. Right. Constitution. Yeah, so I, I keep my eyes open for that. And sometimes I'm a little overly critical and overly brutal in my responses. But, you know, I mean, what, am I, what else are we going to do, Scotty? Just let it happen? I'm with you, Max. You know, I try to be, what do they say? I, I, well, I try to stay codified. But I also try to be cordial because sometimes some people, like Malcolm X said, don't be so quick to condemn someone because they don't know what you know or think how you think or think as fast as you might think because at one time you didn't know what you know. But in these cases, what we're talking about tonight, there is no logical reason for these black outlets that I'm going to highlight in this video to not be talking about slavery when you got white outlets talking about it. You know what I'm saying? That's giving ink to the story. That's pushing the narrative and giving the abolitionists, you know, some time to shine. Or, or when I say time to shine, I don't mean as individuals, but to shine on the issue of 21st century slavery, shining a light, uh, so to speak. Right. So I, I try, but when it comes to people that I know, no, you know what I'm saying? I know they know what I know and they choose not to talk about it or they choose to play it down or they choose to water it down or they choose to change the narrative. That pissed me off, man. And I don't care about trying to be your friend. I don't care about being cordial. I don't care about none of that. I care about ending slavery above and beyond everything else. I mean, like, I'm confused on how that can't be a number one priority for the entire nation. <laughs> and the only reason now uh, that we have some hope that it could be is because of the push the, that is happening behind the prison strike with the media blitz that's occurring and putting it into people's thoughts. Because, you know, we've been dealing this with this now for like 154 years, Scotty. And this is really the first time ever you've seen this type of organized resistance about the 13th Amendment in modern slavery and the only time you've ever seen this much awareness about the exception clause of the 13th Amendment. Yeah, Max, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you because, you know, last year there was a prison strike as well. And last year is when we had the Millions for Prisoners Human Rights March where you were a keynote speaker and I served as the sound engineer for the event. And there was not this much mainstream media coverage last year as there has been this year. Would you be in agreement? Well, that's expected. That's expected, Scotty. It's a buildup. And we may have to do this another year and another year. It may take five straight years to do this before you get what you need to get done. And that's bring the type of political attention to this issue that we need. So I, I, that's why I, what I see right now. Yes, uh, last year we broke ground. It was the largest slavery rebellion in the history of the United States. We also had the largest gathering of slavery abolitionists since pre-1865. All at that church over there, right down the street from Frederick Douglass's home in Maryland. Remember, Scotty? Yeah. So that was breaking ground. This is the next step now, and it should be bigger. It should be. Now, let's talk about why it may not be bigger. Max, if you don't mind, I would like to play this video where I'm highlighting the, the um, I'll say, black targeted, because I don't think any of them are owned by black people. Ebony is one of them. I'm not sure who owns them, um, but I do focus on Ebony. 
uh, the root, and what's the third one? I can't. It's, it's Black Agenda Report. No, B E T. Yeah, oh, B E B E T. No, I'm focusing on the mainstream media. Oh, the mainstream. Okay. Yeah, the mainstream. Right, well, I listened in three quarters of it, Scotty. So I'm looking forward to hearing the rest. Yeah, the mainstream media that has huge followings on social media. And they're the primary go-to sources for the masses of black people. I'm not talking about those of us who consider ourselves conscious or, you know, the buzzword woke. I ain't talking about y'all, okay? I ain't talking about the regular listeners of this platform or or, uh, regular listeners of this radio station or this program or any of the other programs on Black Talk. I'm not talking about y'all, okay? I'm talking about the masses out there, okay, who are only ignorant to the fact that slavery was never abolished because the education system has programmed a lie into them their entire lives. The entertainment industry has programmed this lie into them the you know their entire lives. So it, I'm not condemning them for not knowing. I'm condemning these news outlets, so-called news outlets for censoring this news, which you would think would be their leading stories since black people, although uh, modern-day slavery and human trafficking affects more than black, more than just black people, we are the primary targets. We are the primary sufferers. So you would think, you would think that these outlets would, of course, be hey, I got two phones. publishing. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and cue that up, Max. I'm going to put you on mute and my, while we... Um, uh, play this video again. I just published this this video today on YouTube, uh, BTRcommunity.com. I also uh, published it to our Black Talk Radio Network Facebook page. I will publish it later to Black Talk Radio Network.com, but I just wanted to kind of space them out a little bit. So this is this is. Um, let me just open it up on YouTube so I can get the full title. Um, the title of this video, which I have published, Outlets Targeting Black Americans Censor News About Prison Strike Against Slavery. Greetings, this is Scotty Reed with a Black Talk Radio News Report. Please check out my podcast and live broadcast. You can find out more information by going to blacktalkradionetwork.com. This is a video that I said to our listeners last night that I was going to make. I didn't get to make it last night. It got kind of late, but I'm making it now. As you may or may not know, depending upon what news outlets you follow, then a prison strike against prison slavery as authorized by the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution that says involuntary servitude and slavery shall be abolished except as a punishment for crime when a person is so-called duly convicted, which has resulted in a lot of wrongful convictions. So slavery was never abolished. We've been lied to for 150 years since the conclusion of the American Civil War, which was ultimately about slavery, but that's not why Lincoln entered into the war. Well, he really didn't have a choice, but I don't want to get sidetracked here. This is about the lack of information that we get 
from black media, particularly. So on August the 21st, you had the nationwide uh, strike by prisoners inside of prisoners who are striking, not going to their slave jobs, um, doing sit-ins for those that don't have slave jobs, or going on hunger strikes. This is perhaps the largest. Now, there was another strike last year that was uh, portrayed by those who reported on it as the largest prison strike in the nation's history. We're talking about the United States, okay? Now, this one is even larger with more prisons and more states participating. And right now, there we were getting reports that prisoners are being abused for participating in this peaceful, peaceful demonstration and protest against modern day slavery and human trafficking is authorized by the 13th Amendment. So we're going to use Twitter as our barometer. Uh, lots of the major, what we might call mainstream news organizations are on Twitter. And, you know, it's just a shame that we have people uh, in, let's say, news organizations uh, based in Arab countries, news organizations based in the United Kingdom, uh, all these different news organizations, and there's only been a few here in the United States who have given the prison strike any kind of coverage. USA Today uh, did a piece, while the ACLU isn't a news outlet, they do publish a blog, and they wrote about it, and so there's a few others, but my focus for this video is black media or media that targets black people. Listen, the reason that we felt the need to create our nonprofit Black Talk Media Project and uh, blacktalkradionetwork.com, the platform, is because I started doing some research. Actually, I saw Malcolm X uh, state in a video, and I read his quote about how media is the most powerful entity on the planet, how it controls the minds of the masses. And then I started reading about the death of black terrestrial radio. Um, a lot of people don't may not know that black terrestrial radio, I'm talking about community radio stations on the FM or AM uh, dial, played a key role during the civil rights movement, uh, during the black power movement, um, and we started losing them due to the 1996 Telecommunications Act, which was a bipartisan bill passed by a Republican Congress and signed into law by Bill Clinton. What this did was allow um, big corporations that were involved in terrestrial radio to buy up uh, stations or put more stations in any given market, which would drown out the independent black terrestrial radio. They wouldn't be able to compete uh, for advertisement dollars because that's how terrestrial radio uh, makes revenue and is able to, um, you know, engage in their radio operations. So that's why we look to digital radio and the internet um, to fill that void that was created by the 1996 Telecommunications Act. Now, a lot of people, especially millennials, get their information from social media. So, 
Here is the hashtag prison strike. There's an uh, other half related hashtags, uh, prison strike 2018 or prisoners strikes. But we're going to go with the hashtag prison strike because that's what the prisoners themselves uh, created in some of their um, or mentioned in some of their publications. So anyway, we're in the news section for prison strike and I see since I started the video we got eight new results so we're going to look at who's writing about the prison strikes so we got Arizona news updates that's not a mainstream outlet well azcentral.com actually is sort of mainstream they're writing about the prison strikes um, the human trafficking aspect of it when you have prisoners taken from their homeland in Hawaii and then ship to Arizona to these private prisons and what have you. So that's the element when we say slavery and human trafficking is authorized by the 13th Amendment. That's an example of it right there. Let's see, we got the New Virginia majority who is writing about the prison strikes. And, you know, the um, ICE, the refugees who have been detained by ICE and are in these private prisons have joined in with American prisoners in expressing their solidarity, and they join the prison strike. So this is coming to you from Newsweek.com. All right, we will continue. Uh, that's the same article from Newsweek. Uh, abolish, abolish private prisons. They sent an article out from Vox.com, so they're covering it, talking about how the federal government markets prison labor to businesses. Again, this is slavery. We got The Guardian, theguardian.com. That's a UK-based um, um, paper or outlet, news outlet. They wrote about it. They're writing about this specific prisoner in Texas who was thrown into solitary confinement for writing and speaking out about, you know, the, the uh, prison labor. I mean, excuse me, prison slavery and standing in solidarity with other prisoners. Let's see who else wrote about it. We got... Mike.com. They're, they're sort of mainstream. Uh, let's see. We'll continue. See the Guardian. NBC News. It's time to end prison slavery and treat incarcerated people. So we even got NBCnews.com. That's a major uh, mainstream media outlet. So they, they are publishing. There's the Guardian with another article. Uh, the Nation. The Nation.com. Um, which is, I would consider it an uh, alternative news outlet, but they have a pretty huge uh, subscriber base. So they're writing about it, okay? Um, and it kicked off on August the 21st, and that's where many of these uh, posts on Twitter are coming from. So who else do we have? That's the nation.com again, vox.com, the guardian again. Vox.com, The Guardian again, NPR, NPR. Now, they're not really striking just over poor living conditions. I haven't seen um, this entire article. I think Max, uh, my co-host on New Abolitionist Radio, which we have been doing since 2013 to highlight the fact that slavery was never abolished and, and to point out uh, prison slavery in the United States Okay, so uh, NPR at least wrote something about it. Okay, Guardian again. Uh, let me see, where's this article? There's the ACLU talking about it. All right, so there, that's a Vox uh, 
thinkprogress.org. That's an alternative uh, leftist uh, news outlet. So they have written about it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to stop it right there. Let me uh, scroll back up to the top. Here are some of the top posts. But that was from news outlets. But uh, here's some of the top posts. See, AZ Central got the top spot, uh, the latest. So they've just reported that. And we have IWOC uh, tweeting about it. We have uh, a Susie Exposita tweeting about it. Uh, e. Tong tweeting about the human trafficking aspect. Let's see, educate podcast. There must be an ad that has nothing to do with it. Uh, prison slavery, August twenty first. Of course, um, they are tweeting about it. All right. Now let's see who's who's not tweeting about it. Now let's first go back to the abolitionist movement against slavery the abolishing slavery not all this other stuff that people want to tie it to but we're talking specifically about slavery um, during pre-American pre Civil War slavery prior to the Civil War black newspapers were known as abolitionist papers but you had black newspapers back then you had uh, some white black partnerships um, that were also putting out newspapers about ending slavery and what have you. So that's here we are in this modern period of post-American Civil War slavery. And, of course, we don't have those same outlets anymore, but we do have outlets that target black people. All right, so I went to the root the route is owned by, uh, I believe, uh, Univision, a Mexican-based uh, company, even though it was started by Henry Louis Gate. So I went through their timeline. If I can get this to uh, load up, y'all bear with me. Let me go ahead and refresh that. I went through their timeline, going all the way back to the 21st, theroot.com, which likes to write about racism, police brutality, mass incarceration, but they are writing nothing in uh, about the one of the um, most historical or largest prison strikes against slavery, modern slavery in the United States. All right, I didn't give it time to load up, but uh, y'all bear with me. But I went all the way back to the 20th. And y'all, trust me, I went through their timeline because I... Um, Want to make sure I have my facts straight. So here's some of the things they're, they've tweeted about just 56 minutes ago. And again, I've already went through the entire timeline. None of their writers have written about. And if they have written about it, I haven't seen it. Um, but it hasn't even come across their Twitter timeline. You think they will be. Um, targeting, you know, uh, helping to spread this information about the largest rebellion against slavery in the history of the United States. So they tweeted Ava DuVernay. Now, I'm going to point Ava DuVernay out. She did write the film or put together um, the documentary, the 13th, um, which is based on the 13th Amendment. And she has been tweeting about 
the prison strikes, the national prison strikes against prison slavery. She's one of the few black celebrities to be tweeting about it. But, you know, that's not surprising since she is aware of it because she put out a documentary called The 13th. Okay, so we're just going to go through some of these. But take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Go through all of their timeline going back to their post on the 21st and there is nothing nothing about prison slavery and this this is an outlet that targets black people that a lot of black people get their news and information from Um, I'm not a fan of the root because I think they write as if their audience is a bunch of 8th graders or something Um, yeah Um, so nothing nothing about it in the past 24 hours Let's go to BET again. I've already checked their timelines for the sake of time. Um, I'm not going to show you all the way back to the 21st, but you can find them on Twitter and uh, look yourself. So let's get this time to load up. Hopefully it will be where I stopped at uh, on the 20th. And this is a shame and you ought to be outraged about it. Now, new ab- the new abolitionist movement is not a color-coded movement, but one has to acknowledge that black people followed by brown people, Hispanics, Latinos, whatever, um, they are most impacted by prison slavery. So you would think, you would think that these outlets targeting black people would be tweeting about this prison strike. Okay. But they're not, they're not. So we're, we're on BET three new tweets. Let's see if, uh, these tweets have anything to do and of course BET isn't owned by black people but you know um, there are some other outlets that are owned by black people they aren't I wouldn't consider them mainstream but think of your favorite so called leftist or black radical outlet and then check, check their website if they're writing about the prison strikes check their twitter see if they are writing about the prison strikes or even retweeting some of the prison strikes. They are not. I've checked them. I've checked them. All right. So uh, here we go. Going down BET's timeline. See if they are tweeting anything about the prison strike. Again, I have already been through it all. BET, of course, stands for Black Entertainment uh, Television. Uh, They are owned by Viacom. And they're not, it's basically all entertainment, although there was some news, uh, racism related news about some uh, white person committing a crime against a black person, a crime of a racist nature, um, but nothing, nothing. So here we go. People are calling on us for just, our, people are calling on us for just being black. This lady has committed a crime. Call the police. All right. So, you know, We've seen all these white people calling the police. So it's not all about entertainment for BET. Every once in a while, they will post a news article. But they have posted nothing about this historic prison strike, okay? Trust me. I went all the way back to the 20th. So let me close these, a couple of these. The last one I'm going to check is Ebony Magazine. Also targets black people. I'm not so sure about their ownership.
Let's go ahead and let uh, Ebony Magazine. And, I mean, if you're a black person or any subscriber to, but it's specifically if you're a black person, let's just keep it real. And you have these outlets that are targeting you, you got to ask yourself, why are they ignoring a historic prison protest against modern-day slavery as authorized by the 13th Amendment. Okay, so as you can see, I did go all the way back here. I kept my place on Ebony going back to the 21st to see if they, okay, that's the 20th. A lot of entertainment stuff. Here's one about uh, 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 the black teen who um, is said to have committed suicide while um, it seems to be impossible for him to commit suicide. So again, it's not all entertainment. It's just the majority of his entertainer, entertainment. All right. So um, talking about racism, okay, uh, some kind of product. Ebony, talking about Madonna. So let me just keep going up. I mean, trust me, please trust me or don't trust me and go through their timelines that I have shown you going all the way back to, to the 21st and you won't see anything about the prison strikes. Okay, so I'm going to stop it there uh, before Twitter locks up my browser. All right, so there's something that, that uh, Black Talk Radio tweeted out the other day and... It's a quote from Dr. King, Martin Luther King Jr., and it's applicable to these outlets, especially, specifically the black outlets. If you can have white outlets in the UK, Arabian outlets, um, I'm not sure where Al Jazeera is based, but, you know, they did... Um, they have been covering it, even, you know, did on their YouTube channel and on television, had some prisoners call in and what have you, and uh, also had some of the organizers that work with us. So um, let me see if I can find my tweet about those who have been quiet about the prison strikes. And what did Dr. King say about that? Y'all bear with me as I load it up. See, prison slavery, that's not the one. Here it is right here. And as I state, what does the new abolitionist movement say about all your favorite celebrities and politicians who claim to be about justice but are silent while the largest modern slave rebellion is occurring in the USA in the prisons? And we will throw in these outlets that I have highlighted in this video. What did Dr. King say? There comes a time when silence is betrayal. So again, ask yourself, why aren't your favorite black publications, um, we can even take it out of the mainstream and go to some of the alternative media, some of your popular black YouTubers, all right, who talk about racism, talk about immigration, talk about uh, black wealth, talk about talking about everything but these historic prison strikes against prison slavery. All right, they ain't talking about it. So guess what? They're betraying 
They're, they're betraying the communities that they claim to serve that are the number one targets of prison slavery as authorized by the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Um, for those who have never had the occasion to read it, to read about uh, what the 13th Amendment says, um, here's another tweet I put out. I don't understand the cognitive dissonance on display by so-called woke black intellectuals who speak on the abuses of America but are not lending any kind of support to the prison strikes against slavery. Why are they silent on the issue of 21st century slavery in the USA? You got to ask yourself about it. You know, Black Talk Media Project has been producing new abolitionist radio since 2013. Uh, it's a weekly program, two-hour-long program. Uh, we brought on many guests, law professors, to highlight the fact that the 13th Amendment never abolished slavery. So in case you've never read the 13th Amendment, here's an image of the 13th Amendment. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. All right, so you can't claim to abolish something but then carve out an exception for it. And that is what the prison strikes are about. Actual, ask these people, tweet at them and ask them why are they betraying the black community even though you know we're not a color-coded movement. Slavery impacts us all. Legalized slavery and human trafficking impacts us all. U.S. citizens and non-citizens alike. And so you got to ask your favorite YouTuber. You got to ask these black outlets that, that you follow why they are silent while you have these other mainstream outlets who have given it coverage. All right, this has been Scotty Reed with the Black Talk Radio News Report. All right, I'm going to leave it there. And uh, let me get your thoughts, Max, but let me also solicit um, any comments or questions from our listening audience. You can give us a call at 704-802-5056. That's 704-802-5056. 802-5056, hit star key twice, and that will unmute you. But I have an idea. It came to me after the video. It's not an excuse. There's never an excuse. But I have an idea of why they possibly may not have been given the strikes any coverage. But then there's a hole in my theory because you got the white outlets and the Arab outlets who are writing about it, who also, so I, I'm, let me go to Max first. All right, Max, you heard the video in its entirety. What are your, what is your impression? Well, you pretty much covered everything uh, in the video there, but uh, I, I'm in agreement with you that they seem to be purposely not covering it and you were limiting, limiting it to mainstream media uh, basically that's doing it, but it's, it really isn't just mainstream media. It's also the middle guys doing the same thing. As a matter of fact, I, while you were, I was listening to your video, I went to the Black Lives Matter website, to its main website, and there's no mention about this strike at all. Nothing. Yeah, and um, a commenter left a YouTube comment and said, add the griot to the list. So apparently griot, yep. they checked the griot, nothing. 
So that that's four major outlets that target black people that ain't that that supposed to care about black people. They got all these black writers, but they ain't they they can't even dedicate a line, a headline, nothing. Not even a read. Okay, you don't want to write your own. Why don't you just retweet some of these other stories? Nothing, Max. They're either disconnected or this is their marching orders. Um and that could be the possibility right there. Because if you remember, I contacted the NAACP's main headquarter out in Baltimore and spoke to them. And they specifically said that they do not support any reinterpretation of the 13th Amendment. Hell, we ain't reinterpreting. We're properly interpreting it, as many law professors have confirmed on New Abolitionist Radio. Maybe that's what they mean by reinterpreting it. No, <laughs> like looking at it really is we're not ready for that fight and in that uh, call that I made we also remember the guy was saying that basically that in this hostile environment of a Republican party and racist white supremacists they feel like we would lose any fight to try to address the issue of the exception clause to slavery well actually I feel the opposite because it would be the perfect time with all of this quote unquote resistance out there, right? It'll be the perfect time to to recruit soldiers to the abolitionist army. Um, we got a call. Uh, this is uh, Brother Jenna out of Tennessee giving us a call. Uh, Brother Jenna, thank you for calling in to BTR News. Go ahead with your question or comment. Greetings, Scott and Max. Greetings, Peace, brother. I was... Uh... I listened to your video also. Uh, I was a little disconnected because I'm at a, uh, a football practice. So please, I hope it's not. I'm, I try to get away from the background noise. Uh, my my uh, thing is, is that everything that you said was true. And I think what it is, is that, like Max said, they got their marching orders because we always know that it's, uh, it's possibly some hand that's controlling a lot of those uh black men and women who be doing the reporting and as you stated in your video you know they're more concerned with the satire and the, uh the jokes and the to use your words exactly I, I believe it was immature content that's what gets uh most of us riled up it's, it's not many people out here uh talking about the 13th amendment such as yourself and, and max that's that's not uh and even I had done read it long ago, and until I heard you talk about it in the way that you do, I never even paid any attention to the uh, exception clause. And now I find myself telling everybody I know, and and nobody believes it until I pull it out, pull it up, or what have you. If I'm on my phone, I pull it up on the Internet, and then I show it to them. And the first word I say after I, I read it and have them to read it is, what does exception, except mean? And that's when they pause. And sometimes the pause lift, and then sometimes they just, uh, they still don't get it or don't want to get it. So my question to you is that everybody else I'm not concerned with, just, just every other black person that I run into, how do you uh, explain it when you can't, it's it's simple enough just looking at it, but even when they can't get it, how do you explain that? Because to me, it's frustrating trying because it seems like I'm trying to convince them of something that, you know, that the the grass that I'm standing on right now is green, and if I show you that grass and you can't see that it's green, you know, 
I get frustrated because I I believe that you're just intentionally uh, downplaying what I'm saying. So how would you uh, explain that, or do you just leave those people alone? And thank you for allowing me to speak. Okay. Anytime you want to chime back in during the rest of the program, uh, just hit the star key twice. You know how to unmute yourself. Again, the telephone number is 704-802-5056. Hit the star key twice. All right. Um, this is this is um, how I would explain those individuals. We have been programming, been programmed with this lie for so long that even if somebody hit us in the face with it, with the 13th Amendment, showing us the 13th Amendment, not just telling them what the 13th Amendment says and shows it, there are those people that it just won't penetrate the programming. And then, you know, they may not get it right then and there, but they may get it when they go, you know, home or it might be the next day. And that that seed you then planted in their mind, those words you then program, will come back up, and they'll be like thinking about it some more, and then they'll be like, "Man, he was right. He's right. He's right about it." Okay, but then there are those others who are just don't have any empathy and don't give a darn until it happened to somebody in their family, and even then they still might not get it. So. That's how I, I would explain those type of people. Um, if, if they just don't get it, just don't spend a bunch of time trying. trying Because it's simple enough, as you stated, the, of the way when you ask them, what does accept mean? You know, and the only thing else you could do is pull up the definition of the word accept. And then, it, you know, that's all you can do. And then keep it moving to more, to more fertile ground as the parable of the sower, you know, goes. You know, you're going to spread some seed on some on some scorched earth and it ain't going to sprout. You're going to spread some seed and some, some good fertile soil and it's going to sprout and, and then it's going to create, you know, uh, 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 the fruit and then from the fruit, more seeds that get spread around. So just don't, you know, don't get discouraged. Don't get frustrated. Just chalk it up to either cognitive dissonance um programming or just apathy and in the case of apathy i wouldn't you know i I just i wouldn't spend a lot of time on them max did you have any suggestions yes um you know i've done a lot of presentations in uh, large gatherings as well as human rights conferences and individual one-on-one like sometimes i'll be waiting at a, a department store line trying to buy something and I'll start chatting with somebody you know what I mean like just just to let that into the air to get it into their mind doesn't matter how many or whether it's one or a thousand but I do know and I have uh, kind of learned how to recognize when somebody is bullshitting me excuse my language but when somebody is just paying lip service or being condescending if you simply point out this fact and then they start trying to talk all around it as if they always knew it and they say you're right oh yeah so but I never knew and, and you know and they start saying things like that you know that they, they're, they're really not serious about it they're not taking you serious at all don't waste your time in 2014 I made a New Year's Eve uh, uh, promise to myself that I would no longer entertain fools and I learned how to recognize when people are screwing with me and I don't waste my time but I will do this 
I have a number of people that I mentor personally. So even if it's just the five or 10 or 15 that consider me a, a mentor, that's a big improvement. I done uh, not only doubled my number, but time 15 my number. If, if we had 100 people that did that, we'd be growing really quick. Right. So he he's doing his part by sowing yeah. the seed. And so either they're going to get it, they're going to receive it, or they're not. There is one more thing I want to add, and you asked the question uh, about you know, how do you address it to them? Maybe one of the simplest ways that you could do it, the most clearest ways without spending a lot of time. Was that what you were asking? That's, yeah, that's one of the things he asked. Well, yeah, normally the first thing I do is to uh, tell them about the 13th Amendment and even show it when I have the opportunity to do so. And that usually covers everything. And then I'll point out there's a reason that we have the largest prison population in the history of humanity on planet Earth. And then I point to the 13th and go, that's the reason right there. Usually they want to know more, and uh, it goes from there. You know, you just gave me an ideal about something, um, but like um, Jenna states, we got these smartphones, and we could just pull up the image, you know? We could just pull it up and let them read it for themselves, but, you know, even save the image to your smartphone and then, you know, let them read it and ask them, what do you think this says? Does this abolish slavery or not? You know, play dumb on them for a minute. Like, you don't know. Like, you're not sure. You know what I'm saying? And, and then see where they mind at. And then break it down for them if it needs to be broke down. Because who knows? They might catch on for the first time like I caught on for the first time upon reading it and break it down to you. You know? So, that's a good idea about the phone and having that image of the 13th Amendment with its text in its entirety on your phone. Um... Before we take a station identification break and on the other side, we are going to take a look. And this isn't the first time that myself and Max have discussed this issue. It's usually been in private. We may have covered it or touched upon it on New Abolitionist Radio, which, by the way, uh, every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Black Talk Radio Network. But... When people start trying to attach abolition to stuff that ain't got nothing to do with slavery, okay? So we, that'll be what we'll focus on, the Black Agenda Report solicitation for abolition and, and something to do with spirituality. As I stated stated to Max, this is nothing but some some intellectual masturbation there's some mental masturbation jerking me off buckets and buckets of word as, as as sister justice would say and in just a hodgepodge it's nothing but confusion so we'll talk, tackle that on the other side but let me tell you why i think these black outlets possibly have not and i'm not i'm not going to shoot down the theory that the hidden hand has told them not to because there's too many other outlets that are covering it. And we know six corporations own all the media outlets or the media, um, the media that reaches, let me restate that. There are six corporations that control and produce 95% of the media that the world sees. 
So it's likely that these are part of those same corporations, you know? And, and so I, I can't answer that. Really, we don't know, but here's a theory I had. But there's a hole in my theory, but here's the theory. That they rely on advertisement, right? So they rely on ads from Coca-Cola. They might rely on ads from Wachovia, Bank of America. They might rely on ads from McDonald's. They might rely on ads from Walmart. They might rely on, let me see who else is using prison slave labor, even directly or indirectly. Uh, Starbucks, uh, State, State Farm Insurance. Think. Okay, um, Whole Foods used to, but but they stopped using it, uh, prison labor, after they got confronted about it. Um, so if they relying on all these advertisers, perhaps the advertisers might have said something about it. Um, maybe they're afraid. I, 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 I really don't know. But the whole in that theory is, again, you got the UK, the Vox.com, Mike.com, uh, USA Today, even NBC and Max, you'll be pleased to know that. I don't know if you saw that part of the video, but they did not put slavery in quotations. NBC, NBCnews.com put out an article about it. it's time to get rid of prison slavery. Okay? So, there's no excuse for these other outlets. There's none. There's, and I can't think of a logical reason other than cowardice or, I don't know, maybe they invested in prison slavery themselves. I, I just don't, I don't know. We would have to ask them. Ask them on Twitter. Send their editors an email or something. Ask them. Ask them. But how can you continue to give your energy to, out, to outlets that ain't doing nothing but keeping you entertained and not informed or they're pushing race porn I've, I've coined a new term race porn yes we need to know about racism and, and these different stories but there's a way though that these outlets are profiting off of it because again they're writing as third like they're writing for eighth graders or something they don't offer no solutions and what have you. So I'm calling it race porn. You're profiting. That's why I don't like why, even though they're important to get out, I don't watch these police snuff films, these slave catchers killing people. That gets in your spirit. That's very stressful or whatnot. So, you know, just like how CNN was making a lot of money off of Donald Trump being racist at doing his campaign rally, so are these outlets making a lot of money on reporting on racism and not really looking to solve the problem. All right. So we're going to take a station identification break and a short music break. And when we come back, uh, Max, I don't know if you had an article up, but I'm going to pull it up as well. I might have to go back to our group move to abolish 21st century slavery to find it. But I can give it. Yeah, yeah. Black agenda report. I take, I take issue with them. And yes, let's go ahead and call them out. I went through their website going back over a month. Okay. Max, before coming on air, he informed me that he went through their entire website. Nothing. Nothing. This this supposed to be some black radicals. The black left. The black radical left, right? Okay. Why in the... These supposed to be 
conscious people. They, you know, they're they supposed to be conscious and on top of it. There's no excuse for them not reporting on it, especially when one of their editors was on a conference call with Max where the prison strikes were being planned and then you don't write about it. You don't tweet about it. What's up with that? You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA, Inc. Stay tuned. We'll be back. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Because it's evil. Well, white supremacy is a system. And what does white supremacy really mean? It just doesn't mean somebody being in charge. No one should care about who's in charge of anything. If the person is not mistreating people, white supremacy is about mistreating people based on what? Based on the color in the skin of those people who are being mistreated. That's all it is. It's a form of mistreatment. There are all kinds of mistreatment in the world, but that's the greatest form of mistreatment. That's why it's supreme. Because it's the greatest form of slave ships. There are more records of slave ships than one would dream. It seems inconceivable. Until you reflected for 200 years, ships sailing carrying cargo and slaves. Man, man, he non-violent. In the face of the violence that we've been uh, experiencing for the past 400 years, is actually doing our people a disservice. In fact, it's a crime. It's a crime. Here come the drums. Get trusted! Get trusted! 
tuned in to Black Talk Radio News that is Can't Trust It by Public Enemy and we dedicate that song to all the prison slaves around the world but specifically to those who are participating in this historic slave rebellion known as Prison Strike that goes out to you. We have been talking with my brother Max Parthis about the failure to recognize legalized slavery and the prison strike is betrayal. Cause like Dr. King said, silent, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. So let's uh, bring Max back on board again, the telephone number 704-802-5056-704-802-5056. Some quick things from the, the, uh, chat room let me see uh we got brother otis in there uh one of the things he said vanguard also invest in the companies that keep telecoms and support industries okay using that prison slave laborer and, and that's an investment firm we uh fund that we reported on in the past uh particularly during the 2016 campaign election with hillary clinton's investment in the vanguard 500 which it, which uh has holdings in uh private prisons either geo group or core civic so welcome back um now we want to change, not really change topics, but we want to focus on another aspect of this. Now, this is the image. I'm going to read to you. Now, this came up with Google because people are using the term abolition. Uh, we're getting some feedback, Max. Uh, people are using the term like Black Agenda Report. 
in their article, uh, what's the title? Call for Submissions, Abolition Journal Special Issue on Spirituality and Abolition. Okay, um, I Googled the term abolitionism. You can Google abolition. As far as I have known or read about abolition, it's always been connected to slavery. It hasn't been connected to war. It hasn't been connected to capital abolishing capitalism. It hasn't been connected to abolishing prisons. It, it has nothing to do with the rights of the LGBT. None of that. This is what came up when I put in abolitionism. Abolitionism is the movement to end slavery. This term can be used formally or informally. In Western Europe and the Americas, abolitionism is a historical movement and effort to end the African and Indian slave trade and set slaves free. Okay? This has been forever, okay, since there's been a movement against slavery, it's been called abolitionism. All right, Max, if you... Yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Uh, there was only one other group that called themselves abolitionists in the legal sense as slavery abolitionists do, and that was those who formed uh, abortion abolitionist groups. And that's relatively new in history. I think it only occurred in the late 1970s because there wasn't no legalized abortion prior to that. But they also use the term abolitionist, and I can understand why they want to use it, because they want to abolish it. Whether I'm for or against it doesn't matter. The uh, What they're trying to accomplish is through the law, which is what abolition does. It, it abolishes a system or a law or something that has been put together that is legally operated. And they want to abolish that thing that is legal. You can't abolish something that is already illegal. You can't do that. It's just the term does not apply. Nor can you abolish uh, the last part of the ketchup in the ketchup bottle. You can't abolish Christmas. You can't abolish uh, long toenails. I'm saying it doesn't apply to everything. It's a legal term. Exactly. Exactly. Max, if, if you're able, if not, I can do it. I know it's some buckets of words, bro. Um, it's about, what, two, maybe three and a half paragraphs if you want to read this that was published August the 22nd, the day after the prison strike was launched, again, go to their website. I went through their podcast. I went through their articles. Max did the same. Not a word about this historical rebellion against legal slavery that's happening in the prisons right now. We're getting solidarity from all the way in Northern Africa, uh, Palestine. Prisoners are expressing their solidarity. Prisoners in, in who are refugees, non-citizens, but caught up in the private prison scheme of illegal immigration when they're really, ref, many of them are refugees because immigrants come here with resources and they come here legally. Refugees who don't have money, who don't have resources, who are fleeing violence and instability in their South American countries created by the U.S. government, okay, even they are in solidarity with us, okay, with the prisoners inside the prisons. But Max, this yes, is uh, disgusting ahead, to me. This is disgusting to me that you would put this call for submissions out during the prison strike 
which is what, going to be week long, two weeks long, people on hunger strike, people doing sit-ins, people not going to work, people being punished for participating, being thrown into solitary confinement and worse, okay? But Max, if you want to get into this. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that what they're doing is uh, participating in another group's efforts, and that's the Abolition, a Journal of Insurgent Politics, because I see that on their page as well. And within this uh, request that they have published, they kind of allude about that by using those very words. So I think that those may be one in the same group. Also, I did a little research, not much, just a little bit of research on the people who are actually uh, going to be uh, publishing or, or looking through the material and determining what goes in and what goes out. And I could only find information on one person. They had a Facebook account, and I couldn't find any references where he was talking publicly about either the strike or abolition or slavery or nothing like that. I see that he's an assistant professor, so I'm assuming that that's what gives him the credibility to be able to determine who's writing about abolition and who's not, which is kind of weird to me. Um, you asked me to read the submission. I'll do. I'll read uh, some of it, and then we can talk about it. But I do want to also state that the uh, group that I mentioned earlier, a, a Abolition, a journal in insur insurrection, actually reached out to me about two years ago and said they were launching a, a newsletter with art and poetry on abolition. And because I was one of the, if not the most outspoken, you and I, Scotty, people on the subject, they wanted my art. And I've been a poet for a long time. <laughs> Very few people I can imagine have written more on this subject using their art than I have. So I submitted some stuff to them and, I, and they said they were going to put it in and I haven't heard from them since. So here's the same thing basically coming out from the Black Agenda Report. And it says, a call for submissions for an issue of the Abolition Journal on Spirituality and Abolition to be edited by Ashen Crawley, who I just friended today. That's the guy that I did find a little information on and Robert Cervant, who I couldn't find anything on. Just Robert Cervant's, Roberto Cervant's that I saw were all out of Spain. It says, abolition is a spiritual practice, a spiritual journey, a spiritual commitment. What does abolitionist, abolition mean, and how can we get there as a collective and improvisational project? Excuse me, I'm going to screw up some of these words because I don't even think some of these words actually exist. I think they just made them up <laughs> just to sound intelligent. But anyway... How can we define it and get there as a desired, desirous practice? You sound like Don King writing your stuff. First of all, you don't need to define abolition because it already has a definition. And you don't need to ask people who don't know what abolition is to define it for you. And I just read the but, definition. Right. It's, there's a clear definition for it. You don't need to redefine it. And then it says, it says to make a claim for abolition as a spiritual practice, journey, and commitment is to consider the ways abolition in the historical and contemporary sense, including movements against slavery, they mentioned it there, prisons, the wage system, animal and earth exploitation, racialized, gendered, and sexualized violence, and the death penalty, movements against patriarchy, capitalism, he heteronormativity, whatever the hell that mean, means, albeism, colonialism, the state, white supremacy, etc. necessitates epistemologies that have been foreclosed through violent force by Western thought of philosophical and theological kinds. It is to claim that the material conditions that will produce abolition are a necessary 
necessarily black, indigenous, queer, and trans, feminist, and also about disabled and other non-conforming bodies in force and verb. And then this is the last paragraph. It says, this call for submissions asks, what can prison abolition teach us about spiritual practice? See, they already picked their abolitionist, their abolition right there. What can prison abolition teach us about spiritual practice, spiritual journey, spiritual commitment? And what can these things underscore about the struggle for abolition as desired manifestation of material changes in worlds we inhabit currently? To ask about the relation between abolition and spirituality is not to contend fundamentally with particular doctrines, creeds, or theologies rooted in particularities of religious traditions, and though those traditions and their particularities might create a path in the direction of such an idea and imagined possibility, it is to consider the ways abolition provides a framework for thinking with and also against the strictures of doctrine. There says strictures, I don't know what that is. Creeds and theologies that have us contend against each other for purportedly squandered resources of imagined connection. To consider the relation of abolition to spiritual practice, spiritual journey, spiritual commitment is to underscore the resurgence, survival, survivance, reparation, and oppositional futurities of black, indigenous, queer, and trans, feminists, and also about disabled and other non-conforming bodies imagination. Being in worlds otherwise, we seek essays, poetry, artwork, and reflections that attempt to think through these relations and relationalities. Is relationalities actually a word, Scott? I got to Google that. What is that? Relationalities. It's but that is it in yeah. its entirety. There's a lot of words in here I've never uh, heard before. Um, I don't know if they're made up or not, Max. Um, But, you know, when I first started getting into writing and I was taking a course on writing, I was told that you need to write so that people understand what you're saying. You're writing for the common man. You're not writing for these high-minded philosophical thinkers and and all of that intellectual it's like like what you call it said like uh brother jenna said it's simple we just got a whole bunch of jerking off some mental masturbation without the ejaculation and i'm just disgusted and like you said the key thing is they've already uh, identify what they want to hear. They want to hear about prison abolition. Yep, they have a relationship with critical resistance. Uh, who you know, Angela Davis was uh, is a member, and I believe one of the original people who created it. And critical resistance is most certainly a prison abolitionist group. They even have an interview there called "Abolish the Gulag." But through, as I said earlier, I looked through their website and I went all the way down to June and I don't see nothing about this prison strike. But I do see them uh, really just uh, jumping on the opportunity to get this abolition of journal of insurgent politics filled up. Bye. Like I said, this is the same people that asked me two years ago and I sent them material and I haven't heard from them since. What particularly disturbs me, though, is because one of the editors of Black Agenda Report, and not just not just him, but others, because I'm connected to them on social media, so I know they know about the prison strikes, okay? There's no way they cannot know. 
all right, because we are in the same social media circles, okay? And as Otis points out in the chat room, he has tried to talk about slavery abolitionists with them in threads on social media, and, and they just, they're silenced. Like Dr. King said, silence is betrayal. They drop out. So I'm just puzzled. I'm very, very puzzled here about the agenda of Black Agenda Report because number one on any kind of Black agenda you would think it would be ending slavery. Yeah, you would think so. And it, they kind of act like they have known it all along and now they have the, the definition of what has been going on and literally redefining a word that already has a definition. Misapplying a word that has already has a designation. And I, I, I can't say I don't understand it but I will say this, I've been putting some pieces together over the years, and I kind of know where the source of a lot of this is coming from. And I'm just going to put it out there at this point, because next week on New Abolitionist Radio, we're going to have a discussion with a representative from the prison abolitionist movement. Hopefully he's associated with critical resistance. And they are buying to take the momentum that is happening now within the abolitionist movement and apply it to what they're doing. And what they're doing is seeking to and prisons as we know them to abolish prisons at the, at this point as far as i know i haven't seen anything where they're holding anybody responsible for crimes against humanity or really putting this out there as slavery in any way other than just as an afterthought thought you might hear him say yeah it's slavery and then go right back on to about why we need to abolish prisons as we heard in the video we played on new abolitionist radio just wednesday Right, but uh, it, it's just especially insidious to me, Max, that, again, you know about this nationwide prison strike. You know, even RT today, RT is reporting. Russia is talking about it. And okay? quoting us verbatim. <laughs> yes, and quoting us verbatim. Uh, Lee Redacted put out a video yep. the other night about it. So I'm like, what what is this isn't cognitive dissonance max cognitive dissonance if i understand the definition just means i don't get it i'm not aware i'm i'm just you know i'm spaced i'm spaced out on it on an issue or something i just don't see it i'm 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 distracted or whatever i don't think we can chalk this up to cognitive dissonance no, we can't, because they know. As, as I mentioned earlier, I was in conversation with representatives from uh, the Black Agenda Report where we were talking about planning uh, instances for South Carolina with the prison slave labor uh, strike. So they were part of the organizing discussion. <laughs> and not to write about it when you were part of the organizing discussion seems suspicious. You can sometimes know what someone is doing and not know why. Why may take a lot more time to figure out. So I can tell you, I know what's happening. What's happening is people are buying to control the narrative. Now, why would someone who is not actually a slavery abolitionist be trying to control the narrative? Of abolition. Right. And that's the most important thing. It's all we got is the narrative. We don't own the wealth, so we don't have the resources. We don't have the, we don't control the processes like the courts and the probation and all that other stuff. All we have is the narrative. We can take control of our narrative. But it, while we're doing that, someone else is trying to hijack it for their own reasons. And what those reasons are, I don't know, unless some money changers uh, have something to do with it. And the money changers have, have told them 
no, we, we, we don't want to talk about slavery abolition. We, we want to talk about prison abolition because then, you know, we can just uh, still continue to make money by just slapping an ankle bracelet on them and doing home monitoring or, or something like uh, I'm looking forward so we can ask these questions. What, you know, because even Swift Justice, who is a prisoner, I don't know how long he's been in prison, but even he said on the Al Jazeera broadcast that some of these people belong in prison, that they ain't never going to get right, they ain't wanting to do right, and I wouldn't want them in my community. Now, that doesn't mean that they should be subjected to inhumane treatment, and they should actually be getting some treatment because some of them got mental illness and what have you, you know? So, so, but even prisoners that, you know, that have been a part of this prison, I mean, excuse me, slavery abolition movement is pushing back against that narrative. And, and again, this is what disturbs me, Max. This is, this is right now a key moment, <coughs> excuse me, when our narrative not someone else's narrative, but the narrative of slavery abolition is appearing in mainstream outlets. Mm -hmm. This hasn't happened since pre-American Civil War slavery. That's right. That's right. This is all new territory for us. All new. There are no playbooks to tell you how to put this together that are less than 150 years old. So, I... Well, um, Go ahead, man. Yes, Scotty. That, that's, that's the thing. It's controlling of the narrative. And, you know, the truth doesn't take a lot to tell. So let's just put a simple question out there. And the information to either prove or disprove the question is just abundant. You don't have to ask. You could go look real quick and find out anything you need to know. Or you could just read the 13th Amendment. Does the United States government, in collaboration with international corporations, practice slavery legally through the 13th Amendment? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, how can you be anything but a slavery abolitionist? It's simple. It's not that hard. It's not rocket science. It doesn't take a professor to understand this. It, it, it's just that simple. There's money behind all of this, Scotty. It's always money behind all of this. You know that. We may have some people who are doing it for free, but there's always money behind all of this. And I was recently doing some research and found out that Congress had uh, initiated a bill, or put through a bill, passed a bill that had like $154 million allotted towards ending mass incarceration and groups that are participating in ending mass incarceration. And they really broke down what they wanted this money to be spent on. And none of those lists said abolition of slavery. None of them. So that's not a money maker right there. No but mention all the rest of those 13. will get you grants. Right, right, right. Which which, you know, some of our other comrades kind of hipped us to that and, you know, uh some of the divisions that they were seeing uh pop up and they said, yeah, people getting grants grant money to push prison abolition as opposed to slavery abolition. Listen, Max, um, I want to give, I'm going to uh, give people opportunity as we get ready to wrap up. Um, the telephone number 704-802-5056. Hit star, star to unmute yourself. Now is the time uh, before we wrap up if you have a question or would like to make a comment. But, um, you know, 
we are in new territory. Um, when me and Max set out several uh, in 2013 to to push the narrative that slavery was never abolished, this isn't mass incarceration. This is a continuation of slavery as prescribed, as reset, as reformatted under the 13th Amendment. And we have not gotten a lot of resources, okay? We don't have a lot of money coming in to push this narrative, okay? But we have been successful with the help of of, of a whole lot of other people um, to push this narrative. And now we're seeing this narrative hit the mainstream. So it just, it just proves that we are on the right track. We just got to keep fighting. We can't be discouraged. I didn't report on this news to discourage anyone. I reported on this news because you need to know what's out there and how, and, and how to counter it. And just to be aware, because it's spreading confusion when there shouldn't be any confusion about whether, like Max said, it's the United States and the states. Well, the, of course, United States. So that applies to them to federal and state governments. Are they practicing slavery or not? And you find the answer in their respective constitutions. And if you understand the definition of the word except, then the answer has to be yes. There can't be any other logical answer. It's not a multiple choice, multiple answers. It's a yes or no question. Let's go to Tag Otis. I saw you. Um, I'm going to go to Tag, and then we'll go to Otis. Um, uh, 646, I think that's Tag. Did you have a question or comment um, on for us tonight? Yes. Peace, Brother Scotty and Brother Max and uh, everyone else on the uh, I have to keep it brief, but just quickly, I've seen it on BTR Community, but I uh, put up a link from out of Black Agenda Report from a recent interview during which they discussed the strike and that there have been at least a couple others leading up to this. Uh, this is not to say that uh, what you're saying about the social media uh, pages or write-ups, you know, is not so. Uh, I, I have looked at, you know, recently, and so I do hear that and for your uh, concerns about that. But as for the broadcast, uh, you know, the strike has been addressed. Yeah, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I couldn't find it either, Tag. It's not on the front so, page of their site. And it went back, I, uh, he said he went back to July. Max did. We couldn't find it. No doubt. No doubt. I, I put the link into the program page on BTR Community to the most recent one. It's an interview with Ori Lamum from the Concerned Friends of Family or Concerned Friends of Mumia Abu Jamal. And uh, they discuss it. There. That's the most recent one, but there have been some others. Okay, well, you, so uh, so what you pointed out last time that there was a few things that they had put up there, and, and I, I realize that's the case, but I, I'm just mentioning what I'm seeing on their main website. There is nothing there, so right. there may be elsewhere, but not on the main website. And 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 but, I'm wondering because I did see an article about Mumia Abu Jamal. Okay, so. If it was discussed by someone they were interviewed or it was mentioned in passing in reference to Momia or um, um, 
you know, any of the political prisoners or whatnot. I, I can't I can't accept that tag because the issue of prison slavery in these prison strikes deserve an article, a standalone article focusing on nothing but that by itself. I, I def- disagree with that. And, and ideally, such an article, you know, will be out uh, on the site. I can't really speak, but the question on the strike was a direct question to uh, Brother Ori uh, at the strike. Um, and, you know, they discussed it. Likewise, another recent broadcast, uh, the strike was discussed. So this is just awesome. a response because, you know, naturally I could, I imagine why you would find it troubling that, you know, a location like that would, you know, not or not discuss the strike. So, you know, I, I wasn't able to catch the entire broadcast and I'm kind of trying to multiply a bit at the moment, but I, I did want to just uh, point that uh, particular interview just okay. so that they're not, you know, Black Agenda Report hasn't been completely, uh, no, they you know, um, silent silent on on this question. Okay, let me right. let let me give it from um, this perspective. Um, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Okay. Let me read these headlines. I'm on the homepage, right? Again, the prison strikes occurring right now. They kicked off on the 21st. All right, I'm seeing articles highlighted on the front page from the 22nd. We just got through talking about that mental jerk-off uh, call for submission, abolitionist journal, special issue on spirituality and abolition, which attempts to to hijack the narrative of slavery abolition and apply it to other stuff. But um so that's that's highlighted. Uh Bar Book Forum, Makarin Gomez Barris, the attractive extractive zone, Bar Book Forum, Juliet Sings Unthinking Mastery. It's climate the worst casualty. The long march to post capitalist transition pan-Africanist perspectives. Details of horrific first voyages in transatlantic slave trade revealed. Now, I pulled that article up, and there was no connection made by David Keyes to the modern slavery, or and he published this on August 22nd, or the current uh, prison strikes against slavery. Uh, more stories. Um, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Uh, Raymond Nat Turner. It's about Aretha Franklin. Um why the Blue Wave Miss Missouri's first CD? How long is the shelf life of damnable racist capitalist lies? Musician Bobby Wine arrested and tortured by USA's Man in Africa. Freedom writer Juliana M. Brennan, Brennan, Truth or Dare, When Things Fall Apart, The Trump Era Missing Left, an open letter to socialists who might be fronting for the Democratic Party. Call, call for submissions again, what we just did a segment on. Um, and it's repeating those other stuff that was uh, highlighted. So, do you see my concern? We're like the uh, the artist whose album keeps getting pushed back. <laughs> no doubt. I, I definitely hear you. And again, ideally, that standalone article is forthcoming. Uh, I, gotcha. I couldn't say, and, and you know, I couldn't I couldn't speak to that. Uh, but I would I would definitely just point toward this um, at the top of the page for the uh, radio section the mm-hmm. most recent 
broadcast for the week of August 20th um, that the strike is asked about and discussed in the interview with Why Tori Lumumba. Missouri's first CD, that one? No, it's the the one is um, a real chance for Mumia freedom. It's an interview with uh, Tori Lumumba. It's I I couldn't give you the timestamp right now. I see it down there. It's listed with like ten others underneath their main audio, which is the Black Agenda Radio Week of August 20. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, cause, so that just breaks it down into the individual interviews. The first yeah. link is just the entire broadcast together. Mm-hmm. Awesome, so one, two, three, four, yeah, okay. I'm gonna have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not here to damn the Black Agenda Report. I'm, I don't really wanna make enemies when it comes to black media or black-oriented media, I'd like to see everybody on the same page. And that's what we're talking about here today, about getting on the same page like we did last Wednesday. You know, uh, there's an, a narrative being pro, uh, put forth, and apparently they have chosen the narrative that they prefer. And their priorities are, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like this. What's more, what should be more prioritized than ending 13th Amendment prison slavery through the prisons, not just through the prisons, through the jail as well, through po- probation and all the other related tentacles of slavery. And so, you know, uh, I don't want to say that I'm being, yes, I am being critical. I'm not being critical in a mean-spirited way, but I'm not doing anything more than what they did to Sean King when they called when they called out Sean King and mocked him on Twitter for saying, you know, he trusts the FBI as as in regards to this Trump investigation and the Russia stuff. You know, so, you know, I will always adhere to what Malcolm said about condemning people who don't know what you know, don't think as you think or think as fast as you think. But Black Agenda Report definitely knows, those individuals definitely know, and I just don't think that they are doing this prison strike justice. If it gets a mention in the article, that's great, but it should have an article all to itself. Um, they like said that's forthcoming. I guess maybe they we will. Hope, but we hope. We hope. We still got what yeah. two weeks? We still got about yeah, almost almost two weeks uh, for the length of the strike. Uh, Tag, did you have anything else? Uh, you got anything coming up for pre intercoms? Your podcast on Black Talk Radio Network? Yes, definitely working on a couple of things for that as we speak. So. I, I will be following up with that. And then, of course, anyone that's able to make it out August 30th, we've got uh, this pivotal hearing uh, for Mumia Allen Philly. All right. All right. Thanks, Tag. Let's go to Otis. Uh, Otis, you wanted to chime in? Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. I missed the, the first part of your program, but I'm just going to try to be concise with what I'm saying. I'm trying to push myself. I've been outlining things, trying to figure out how to rebut some of the stuff that I get when we're talking about the confusion that comes with this prison uh, abolition. Uh, I think think social justice, uh, swift justice, hit the nail on the head when he told people. He's been in that environment with some people, and he knows that there are people that he wouldn't want to be out. But he also said toward the end that people have to realize 
a lot of these people are coming out of jail. I, the thing that struck me is when we start talking about prisons in Norway and the Netherlands and how they treat the, their prisoners completely different, they're a homogenous group that don't have a lot of, of uh, minorities. But if you notice, they have a much more civil attitude about people who commit crimes against society. They don't condemn them. They realize they're human. And that is the biggest impediment I see with the groups that I talk to, like some of the people, I won't call their names, but I've tweeted them and everything. And they'll say things like, well, they're in, they're in jail. They ought to be working. They ought to be this. And I keep telling them, hold on. You don't even have enough jobs for your youth that are on the street living in your house. So what do you think happens every time you get 150 to 200,000 people cycle back out of jail and then they're stigmatized and can, cannot be reintroduced to society? And everything that you're working on, most of these people have it committed to a way to do what? Create revenue. They want to give support systems and all of that. And it's necessary. But what they don't understand, because I've had a few private conversations with some of them that I listen to a regular, I, what what they really don't understand is the cornerstones. Uh, Max had a piece up talking about the analogy of a germ or a virus and, and getting rid of it and you can't leave any of it because it'll, it'll grow back. That's what they don't understand until the cornerstone the 13th Amendment exception clause, which is the cornerstone of monetizing caging people. Whether they're working or not, your taxpayer money is being a revenue flow to people who have no interest other than locking them up. And if you keep trying to put some puritanical morality on this, they shouldn't have committed the crime, they shouldn't have this, you're as bad as the people that are locking them up. And, and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a way that we can use this last two weeks to kind of break away from this mold that they ought to be locked up. No one is, is arguing whether or not a criminal should be locked up. But when you start talking about prison reform, all you're doing is feeding NGOs and, and revenue streams for what? Electronic monitoring or t- tied up in probation avenue to put them back in jail rather than give them a real life out here on the street. And I, I, I've been trying to work hard at that. I'm pushing myself to start outlining things so I can start writing some cohesive arg- uh, articles about it because we can't let this moment get away. And as long as they keep bastardizing it and turning it into a, a question of reform without talking about the necessity of getting in some people in Congress to do exactly what the second section of that 13th Amendment says. Congress has the power to enforce it. Congress has the power to abolish it, too. And that's what we're going to have to start tagging people with. I'll leave it there. You know, Otis, before you go, you said, and I've come across those, they deserve to be locked up. Nobody's arguing that. Nobody's arguing that. Okay, but we're talking about their the uh, humane treating them humanely nobody ever says they ought to be rehabilitated i never heard anybody say that they ought to be rehabilitated they ought to be you know educated they ought to be given mental health treatment that no it's they ought to be locked up that's that's what what i thought about uh, i don't mean to cut you off but i'm gonna put this in i i've even shared some articles with with people that 
you talked about it at Black Agenda Report, saying as when they were educating, they had GEDs and all of that stuff in the majority of these jails and prisons, the actual crime rate was going down. It wasn't until Bill Clinton infused it with money that this thing really turned around and skyrocketed and cut off all programs mm-hmm. for rehabilitation. But, they but, just nixed it. But check the only this programs out, though. you'll get is some of these Quakers and, and uh, religious groups and, and local ministers. I, I know at least five local ministers that go in and, and do their work in the jails here locally. But and you, that's what they brag about to their congregation. But they're not doing anything to make these people whole and, wor- and worthy of being back on the street. Hey, hey Otis, though, but you just reminded me of something else. Now, you, you mentioned that the crime rate went down when they were actually trying to rehabilitate, educate, and help, uh, offer some kind of uh, help to people who were in prison. So that means that they weren't reoffending and coming back in. But what I've been hearing over the past few years is that the crime rate has been going down, but the prison population, the arrests aren't going down. The- exactly, Scotty, because of who they're policing. And you that, that goes into another stream. When I tell you, we shared our articles on your platform talking about how the FBI and local police or, or doing these gang searches and, and tying people into all kind of databases just because of social media and everything else. So even though the crime rate has gone down, criminalizing activity has gone sky high. Right, right. Thank you, Otis, for sharing your thoughts with us. Um, Max, you have any final thoughts as we get ready to close it out? And thank you again for on short notice uh, joining me for this broadcast on day four of the national prison strikes. Yes, Scotty, uh, thank you for having me. And I'd like to say since uh, the Free Alabama movement really latched on to the idea of the 13th Amendment as a core issue to be able to gain not only freedom for those who have been unjustly incarcerated, but uh, humane practices towards those who are just trying to serve their time. We've seen this grow from prison to prison to prison until we saw the Millions for Prisoners Human Rights March, which happened in multiple cities across the country, as well as the uh, previous prison slave labor work strike. A lot of these brothers and sisters have talked to me personally. I've helped organize them in the prisons, and they are counting on us keeping this narrative straight. And we have to do everything we can to do that because their lives are literally in our hands. Well stated, Max. We got to control the narrative. And it's not so much as controlling the narrative as to what we say, but controlling the narrative in terms of the truth and what the yes. 13th Amendment says. So thank you, yes. Max, again for joining us tonight. Again, I'll, I'll see you all Wednesday. All right. Yeah. Video at yeah. 8 p.m. I was just about to say you can check out Max on Black Talk Radio Network weekly, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, new abolitionist radio um, wealth of podcasts got hundreds of podcasts it's not a thousand who knows how many shows we have done we've got to be getting close to a thousand uh, broadcasts since uh, 2013 so but check Max out I'm also the co-host and co-producer of that program every Wednesday night I want to thank everyone uh, who tuned in and those who called in and shared their thoughts and asked their questions tonight um, 
I'm going to get ready to go ahead and shut it down. We know it's the weekend. Uh, we know the slave catchers like to throw up roadblocks. And I'll just say what Gus says on the context of white supremacy. Uh, sobriety would be best. I don't have anything against drinking alcohol or smoking weed or anything. But if you do it, then do it in moderation and don't be out there on the road. Don't be traveling with open containers. Don't be traveling with, you know, uh, blunts and stuff in the ashtray. Don't make the slave catcher's job easy for them. So we know they out there setting up roadblocks on the weekend. So, you know, just act codified behind these enemy lines. With that said, thank you again to everyone. Please continue to support the work of the North Carolina-based nonprofit Black Talk Media Project. Peace and blessings to all.